The following podcast will contain foul language, possible movie spoilers, and will be deemed problematic by most listeners. Enjoy. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you wonderful people out there and also my wonderful crackheads. If you want to know more about that, go to our Facebook group called Crack Cinema Recalls Awesome Cinematic Club. This is a bonus show where you're just going to hear me for the next several minutes. Now, I'm late to the party on things because I always am. Recently, I saw James Wan's Malignant. Actually, I did see it the week it came out, but I haven't been able to talk about it until now. There has been a lot of, like, mixed opinions about Malignant. Now, we all know James Wan. He did The Conjuring. He did Saw. He did Insidious. Took a break to do to do a Fast and Furious. Not Furious. Not fur- Furious. Not Furious. There's no animals in that. Uh, he also did Aquaman. And then he came back into horror with this movie, Malignant, and if you saw it, you either love it or you hate it. I'm in the mind of, I love it, but I didn't really love it until that third act kicked in. I wish that third act was much, much sooner. This is totally something I would see on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy, and I'm getting vibes from Frank Henelotter's features, especially, like, Brain Damage and Basket Taste. Yeah, folks, seriously, Brain Damage is a very close proximity to this. The only way I can describe Brain Damage without spoiling it too much here, but if you remember the last act of Malignant, now imagine that, but infused with the Brain Gremlin from Gremlins 2, The New Batch, that's sort of brain damage. Basket Case is another good one too. Basket Case, because I feel like if I look up Basket Case and you'll know right away why it's connected to Malignant. I feel bad. I never really spoil anything on these shows, even though this movie's been out for a while. But yeah, look up those two titles right there. Uh, I, first of all, I want to give a quick shout out here because we have had an amazing season seven so far of the show. And I gotta get some shout-outs out of the way, because we had some wonderful guests to be on our show. And I'm hoping more people will come back on. I'm hoping these people will also be coming back on the show again. Uh, but I want to thank Josh G of your next favorite movie podcast. He was on our Wolf of Wall Street episode, and I thought he did a really great Jordan Belfort. Then next, I had on Rob from the Reels of Justice podcast. And Rob did a really great Quint impersonation. Um, then I want to thank... Curtis of the Half Hour Bros movie. They're not a movie podcast. They talk about movies, but the Half Hour Bros podcast. And we did our best Christopher Walken impersonations. Uh, Talked about the movie. Catch me if you can. So thank you very much, Curtis, from the Half Hour Bros podcast. That was a lot of fun hearing that. Oh, and uh, you can hear Curtis on the most recent episode of Let's Chat with Chris Revel. Thank you very much, gentlemen for talking about me and mentioning that episode on that program. 
thank you very much for doing that. That was amazing to hear. I appreciate that very much. Um, and, oh, and um, next up, I want to thank my good buddy, Jeanette miller Mittenham. I mean, that woman has been on my show so many times. I should probably make her my, like, permanent co-host because she's been just really great. And she's also a uh, wonderful Patreon subscriber. But she was on our episode to talk about Lethally Blonde, and then we performed the whole uh, court case. And I really thought she did a wonderful Elle Woods impersonation. And then next up, we had Kiati. I, ho- I think I'm pronouncing your name wrong again. I always do that. But uh, Kiati from Film Fluence. And our scene was a big fight that Ty and Cher had in the movie Clueless. And I had to put back on my Valley Girl persona. It's the same one I did for Lethally Blonde. Kiati put on her American accent and just slayed it with the role of Cher. That was not easy to do, and she pulled it off immensely. So kudos to you on that. Um, and then, last but not least, I want to thank Chris Revel from Let's Chat with Chris Revel to do our tribute to the late, great Norm MacDonald. Yes, that was very, very fun. And I'm also going to be appearing on his podcast, Let's Chat with Chris Revel, with Dwight of the Broken Brains podcast, I believe. Um, and if you missed it, I was also a recent guest on Whatever with Jason Soto, where I talked about my dream movie of my biopic. Then I also was a guest, actually it was like a three-time guest, on uh, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop podcast uh, with my good buddy Bubba Wheat, and we were discussing the moments of Groundhog's Day when Phil tried to kill himself. I, I Trust me, folks, it's a lot more fun than it is uh, but yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to those people right there. And also, I want to give a quick shout out here to all the wonderful people that I've shared my latest Patreon episode. We did a Patreon-only show with um, Donnie Roberts from Videorama Pod, formerly of Cage's Kiss. You see, Donnie is our $10 tier, and for doing so, he gets to pick any topic he wants to talk about each month. And so our latest Patreon episode with him is all on Stephen King's Silver Bullet. So if you ever want to host your own show and talk about whatever you want to talk about, then join our Patreon, join our $10 tier. Again, that's patreon.com slash pod. So, and we had some really nice people to like give us some shouts right there. So in no special order or in order, I'm just going to give these people a shout out right now. Videorama Pod, Malliard Report, Jeanette Miller Mittenham, aka Jeanette, uh, Tim from First Time Watchers, Let's Chat Podcast, Movie Drone, and then I want to thank the Uncredited Extras Podcast, Mashley at the Movies, and O'Flattery Events. So thank you very much. Now, a lot of these reviews that I'm going to be posting here, they once were on Patreon. So I'm going to be giving you some quick reviews of movies that I think would go well with Malignant. It's a strange, odd movie, and these are other sort of, like, strange, odd movies. And if you like this, I'll do another month where I recommend some strange, odd, weird movies. But so far, here we go. The first one that I'm going to be playing for you right now is the movie Crash. 
Now, David Cronenberg has made a bunch of, like, very great strange movies. I mean, you got The Fly, you got Videodrome, you got Rabid, um, you got, uh, what's that other one here? Dead Ringers. Just a whole bunch of other great, like, body horror movies. And uh, this one here, The Brood, is another great one. And I think Crash definitely belongs in that body horror vein. So let's do this. Let's play a trailer, and then I will share my thoughts. In a society driven to extremes, two people met by accident. Were you badly hurt? I think we saw each other at the hospital. You haven't told me where we're going. I haven't. James Ballard has been seduced into a secret world. The car crash is a liberation of sexual energy. Where the only way to connect is to crash. That's the future, Ballard. It's something we are all intimately involved in. Why are the police taking this so seriously? They have no idea who we really are. Now, they'll do anything. Describe it to me. To feed their obsession. Is there something here that interests you? This interests me. From the provocative bestseller by J.G. Ballard comes a film directed by David Cronenberg. James Spader, Holly Hunter, Elias Coteus, Deborah Cara Unger, and Rosanna Arquette. Crash. You coming? So Crash stars Holly Hunter, James Spader, uh, Deborah Cara Unger, Elias Cotes, many others. And it was based on the book by J.G. Ballard. It was written by David Cronenberg. He did the script. And it was directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, now keep in mind that this was a written review that I did on my previous blog site, The Verne's Video Vortex. So I'm just going to read it off to you. Here we go. One of the most controversial films of the 90s, David Cronenberg's Crash was met with a lot of backlash and heated debate when it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. It's based on the 1973 novel by J.G. Ballard, yes, the same guy who wrote Empire of the Sun that was later directed by Steven Spielberg. Crash tells the story of how one-car accident's victims become seduced by a group of fetish thrill-seekers who become sexually excited when they are involved in a car crash. Every character in this behaves like robots that have just come out of assembly line. Devoid of any real emotion for anyone but themselves, they live just for the thrill of sexual release, but none of them have any understanding to actually enjoy it. For them, the orgasm is just what they are programmed to do, almost like that was the end of their cycle. Their involvement with the car crash is the closest thing they have to being with something that has both steel and metal. I know that may be way off with the analogy, but for me, it was like giving a group of Terminators a sets drive and then sending them back in time. They're most likely to enjoy sets from a car crash than from each other. The movie is meant to look like very rock and sexy, but nothing about it is actually meant to be that way. I feel that Mr. Cronenberg is doing a satire about sets and how it's used in most features. This one removes any feelings for the characters and just focuses on the sets itself. 
The human body, as described, is nothing more than a series of mechanical parts, just like that of an automobile. When a car collides with another, their bodies merge together. When two people merge together, their bodies collide. It doesn't matter what kind of sex is happening, whether it be hetero or homo, because in the end, it's all just parts. Crash is not something I expect anyone to like. Hell, I don't like it much either. It's very slow and the characters have no real motives, but after reading the book, I do respect it. Cronenberg's adaptation is very close to the source material. The only difference between the book and the movie is that in the book it's Elizabeth Taylor's car crash that they're obsessed with and in the movie it's Jane Manfield's car crash. I really don't think anyone is going to find the idea of crashing into cars to be attractive, but when you compare it to sets, sets becomes less impressive. So there you go, uh, that, uh, that was my uh, little quick review of David Cronenberg's crash that was released in 86. Alright, so speaking about movies that had like weird machinery in them, uh, the other feature that I saw, and this is playing on Arrow Video Player, trust me folks, Arrow Video Player has been fucking awesome for, for finding strange and odd cult movies. This, this station is really great, it's like the Criterion Network of odd weird movies and I freaking love it. So there's a movie on there called Jumbo and the premise of this movie really intrigued me, okay? The premise of Jumbo is it's about this woman and she's played by, I'm gonna do my best pronounced name, uh, Naomi Merlant. Uh, you'll recognize her as one of the actresses in the movie The Portrait of a Lady on Fire. But she plays this woman, you know, she's very sheltered, uh, very shy, she lives with her mom, doesn't have much friends, she kind of gets picked on, and then she falls in love with an amusement park ride. To the point where, yes, spoilers, she wants to fuck this amusement park ride. And I went into this with a very open mind, because I don't mind movies with strange premises as long as the execution is great. And this one is just okay. Like, I really wanted this to be a melodrama. I really wanted them to be, like, overboard with this movie, because the premise is just so off the wall. And the director, who I'm also going to promote badly, uh, Zoe Whitlock... Uh, she tries to do a uh, very... She, she tries her best to have this go into the mindset of this character. But I never really understood her mindset. Um, there's a movie that I'm going to be showing you next on here called Kissed. Which takes a woman who has uh, and also kind of a strange sexual attraction... But with Kissed, I, think, I, I, thought, I thought they did the whole premise of that a little bit better than Jumbo. Because in Jumbo, we never got to see why she prefers this mechanical ride to people. I mean, it would have been great if they showed scenes where she tried to like date someone that was of her own you know, species or whatnot there, at least another human. And it just didn't work out. You know, there could have been scenes of her trying to date guys and then girls um, and then trans and whatnot. It just, but it just wasn't working. She just did not find the connection with another human being. 
but she's able to find a connection with this amusement park ride. And I wish the movie kind of did more of that. Um, so, yeah, it's a strange movie. The concept's strange, but the execution is not as strange as you think it would be. And I just kind of want to go a little bit more off the rails and just craziness. Uh, performances are good. I don't know if I can quite recommend it. It's fascinating to watch. Probably out of five stars. It gets a solid, like, two and a half, three. Uh, you won't hit your time watching it. Uh, but yes, that's Jumbo. My next feature is going to be very strange to a lot of people out there. I'm going to play you a trailer, and then here's my review of Kissed. It's like looking into the sun without going blind. Molly Parker crosses the bizarre intersection of desire, sex, and death in this edgy love story of erotic obsession. Crossing over was glorious and overwhelming. It was absolutely addictive. I'm just curious, that's all anyone would be. Why do you need to know all the details? I just, I don't know what to do. Please. I've never met anyone like you. I've never done this before. Kissed. All right, so I'm basically just reading you my review that I wrote Back in the day, this is a hard movie to find. I don't think I came to find this on streaming anywhere. So if you want to find this movie, you gotta find it on eBay or some other bullet copy on VHS. But here we go. Here are my thoughts on the movie, okay? This is not going to be an easy movie to review. The main character in this does some pretty horrible things. And yet, I do not hate her. There is no doubt that she is a deranged, sick person. And yet, I can't help but feel some sort of compassion for her. Now, in no way does, does this make me condone any of her actions, because I don't. It's just really hard to hate this woman, and I should. You see, Kissed is about a young girl discovering her sexuality. Nothing new there. It's been done before countless of times. Yet, her sexual awakening doesn't come from the love of a man, or a woman, or, you know, even trans. It also doesn't come from any, like, young animals or young children, so put the pen down. There's no need to rate any major heat letters towards me, okay? Her desire comes from the recently deceased. Yes, our main girl is a necrophiliac, and even though I should hate her and despise her, she's very captivating, and it's difficult to not become interested in her or what she believes. It plays around with your sense of morals and will have you liking someone that you should not like at all. Sandra Larson, played by Molly Parker, has been fascinated by death ever since she was a little kid. It was never any sort of exuberant kind of joy for her when someone died, but it also wasn't anything traumatic or sad either. Sandra would have these pets, and when they died, she didn't kill them. I promise you, she didn't kill them. She would perform these rituals where she could feel the animal's soul cross over, now, certain customs have different beliefs about what happens to us when we leave this earth. I'm sure you yourself have different ways you grieve the loss of a loved one. Now, I'm not saying that dancing around with the body of your dead cat is a good thing, and yet when she explains why, it does make sense and you sort of accept it. Years later, she grows up but is still fascinated by death. In order to find answers to the problems, she goes to school and gets a job at a mortuary. Now at this moment, I'm pretty sure a lot of you are thinking that this girl should have visited a shrink. 
but sometimes you have to figure out certain things for yourself. Is there where Sandra discovers her desire and loses her virginity to a corpse? For a movie about necrophiliac, the actual set is shot more tastefully than it sounds, which is an odd thing to say in and of itself, I'm sure. It never has any wide shots for straddling the dead dude while she gets herself off. It's all done with stylized close-ups and we don't see much of her and the body together. Just her face and this bright white light that keeps getting brighter and brighter until she reaches orgasm. Yet Sandra herself will say that it's never just about the sets. She believes that this experience has helped her see the man's soul and feel his love. She says that it's like looking into the sun without going blind. The rational side of me wants to lock this lady up. But for some reason, I want to follow her on this journey. Sandra later meets up with a young man named Matt, played by Peter Alterbridge, who finds out about her fetish. But is not repulsed by it. He really lates her and wants to understand her. It's just his methods of doing so are so wrong. In one scene, Matt acts like a corpse so that she would do the same ritual for him as she would be for the dead. Sandra tells him that it feels weird. And it's right, it does. But wait a minute, this girl has sex with dead guys. She's the weird one. And yet, I feel kind of bad for her. Molly Parker is superb in this main role. She brings humanity to a character who could have easily been portrayed as a nut job in another director's hands. If this character was a man, I would have a really hard time watching this. This may, this may maybe sound like a hypocrite, I'm sure. I just have a soft spot for shy female characters who don't fit in with society's guidelines. If I met anyone like this, I would never get involved with them, but I would still want to talk to them. I will be both repulsed and fascinated at the same time. After all, she's not doing anything too destructive to the bodies, and I can't get too upset of the thought of a cute girl who wants to jump my bones, literally, after I die. So, if you have an open mind, I would suggest checking this out. If not for the subject matter, watch it to see Molly Parker, because she is really good. I would later see in a movie called The Center of the World, and that would convince me to watch mostly anything that she does. Alright, that was my review of Kissed. Uh, there is another feature that is coming out in October that I'm very excited to see, but I can't give you my review of that just yet. You'll have to wait. I will be appearing on the Lambcast to talk about this movie after October, but of course, my most anticipated feature of 2021 is Titan, the latest feature from director Julia DeCornau. She's the director of the coming-of-age slash cannibal horror film Raw. And when I saw that in theaters, I was like, who the hell is this woman? This shit's amazing. Then I saw the trailer for Titan, which recently won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. And I was like, wow. Because this movie and the premise sounds weird. And uh, I know I talked about this before. Um, I know I was on an episode and Howard Kastner from Pop Art tells me the premise of this movie. And all I know, and I may be totally wrong in this as assumption of the movie, but if it is if it is this, I'm totally in for it. But it's about this guy who's trying to find his estranged daughter who was the result of someone fucking her car and the car giving birth to a girl. 
that's all I know. That's and that may be a wrong spoiler right there. I have no idea, but just the premise of that alone makes the Vern go, okay, yeah, this is for me. Uh, but anyways, that is it. That is going to wrap up my little reviews here of some weird movies you want to see. But anyways, before I do go, I got to give a shout out to our wonderful Patreon subscribers. So no special order. These folks are amazing and I love you dearly. So I want to thank Matt and Ashley from Mashley at the Movies. Thank you very much. I look forward to your horror movies reviews coming out in October. I want to thank Jeanette Miller-Mittenham from ATA Jeanette. Just a wonderful supporter and I love her dearly. Um, I want to thank Jason Soto from the mentioned Whatever with Jason Soto. Check out uh, Rabbit Hole Podcast. Uh, he has a lot of great shows on there. So I want to give him a plug as well. Um, and then I also want to thank Donnie Roberts from... Videorama Pod, thank you so much for talking about Silver Bullet with me for our Patreon episode. That was a lot of fun. And then I want to thank Linda Castro, also from Videorama Pod and Ben Knob and Broomflits. Thank you so much, Linda. I look forward to being back on the Videorama Pod. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then last but not least, I want to thank Chris Revel from Let's Chat with Chris Revel. I'm going to be appearing with him. And like I said before, Dwight. Uh, most upcoming episode. Oh, and uh, one more person I totally forgot to thank earlier. I want to thank the folks over at Film Effect Podcast for giving me the entire Plant of the Apes collection. Now, I'm not quite sure if it's the original collection or the brand new movies, but I'm very thankful for that. I got digital code and so yes, big shout out to Film Buffett Podcast. I didn't expect to win anything, and I won that. And thank you very much. So yes, uh, as always, please follow us on the Twitter sphere at Cinema Underscore Recall. Don't forget about our website, Cinema Recall dot net. Was it dot com? But Cinema Recall dot net. We're available on all types of podcast platforms. Uh, email us. Email us uh, your ad spots and whatnot. And uh, yeah. That is it. Um, right now, I am going to be leaving you now with an ad spot for uh, Let's Chat with Chris Revel. I recently edited this ad spot, and so as a little bonus, here it is, the ad spot for Let's Chat with Chris Revel. Enjoy, everyone, and have a good night. Goodbye. Welcome to this trailer of Let's Chat. I'm your host and producer, Chris Revel. Let's Chat is a conversational exploration of subcultures. I, Chris Revel, use my background in behavioral health and pop culture obsession to connect with guests from the worlds of punk rock, podcast, and pop culture. There are over 200 episodes for your enjoyment, so make sure you check out our back catalog while we have some of the biggest names in the industries and folks who work behind the scenes. While we have your fill with writers from The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Cobra Kai, The Daily Show, Mary Tyler Moore, and so much more. Let's Chat is more than a podcast, it's a community. Join myself and producer Bree and all of our friends and guests in our Let's Chat community Facebook group and find us on social media at Let's Chat Podcast.